If you live in the Northern Hemisphere, then right now is the perfect time to take a road trip. Shoulder season is a fantastic time to load up the car and hit the open road. It's not too hot out, it's not too cold, and sunset and sunrise are at reasonable hours, so you can shoot both and get a decent sleep in between. Plus, we are just starting to get those fantastic fall colors. So all in all, this is a great time to take a photographic road trip. And going on a great road trip takes more than just packing up the car and heading out. Or at least going on a great photographic road trip takes more than that. To truly create the most epic photographic road trip, you're going to have to do some planning in advance. So today, we're talking all about how to plan the ultimate photography road trip on episode 32 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Robert Massey. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I am so thrilled that you're taking some time to enhance your photographic knowledge and focus on your photography. The Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast is sponsored by Robert Massey Photography. That's the content creation firm of myself. We focus on telling the stories of adventure through imagery. Right now, if you'd like to support the show and the educational content here, you can do so by purchasing a non-medical face mask featuring images of amazing places from all over the world. These face masks are comfortable, lightweight, and your purchase helps me to keep going with crafting this show. Check out the face mask now on travelandadventurephotographyschool.com slash shop. Now, on with the show. Today, I'm going to take you through my steps for planning the ultimate photography road trip. Follow these in order to help make the planning process go smoother, or reorder them to suit your planning style, whatever works for you, but this is the way it works for me. So let's get going with step number one. Step number one, decide on why you are going. The road trip we are talking about here has a photography-driven purpose behind it. You should be looking to create deliverables for yourself by the end of this trip. To do that, ask yourself, why are you going on this road trip? There are a couple of things you can look at to figure this out. First, what do you want to photograph and why? Are you looking to fill gaps in your portfolio? Are you working on a specific project, like, say, historic trees in national parks? Are you looking to find more images of otters in the wild? Figure out the what behind this trip, and you will better understand where you should be going and what you should spend your time doing. The what is your deliverables to yourself at the end of the trip. They're your landscape photos, or your pics of trees, or the otters, or whatever it is. Treat yourself like you would a client, and have a set plan for the images you are going to deliver to yourself by the end of the trip. And be specific. Don't just say, oh, I want to come home with 20 landscape photos. Be specific and say, I want to come home with five photos of mountain lakes. I want to come home with five photos of larches. I want to come home with whatever it is. Set a specific goal for yourself, and that will help you derive the most you possibly can from this photographic road trip. The second thing you should look at is this. What are your time constraints? Road trips can only take you as far as you have the time to go. And unlike normal road trips, you should be expecting this to take more time. Because you are going to stop way more frequently to capture all the amazing things you see. Photographic road trips won't normally take you as far as non-photography focused ones. So think about that timing accordingly. Once you've answered the why and for how long, you should have a pretty good radius of where you will be able to go on your photographic road trip. This will help inform your process 
in step number three when we get to research. But in between, there's an important question to ask yourself. So step number two is actually to ask, who is going to go with you? This can be a make or break decision for your photography road trip. Who is going to join you in that car, if anyone at all? This is such an important choice because whoever is with you will need to understand that you are going out to take photos on this trip and that sometimes this can mean hours spent standing in one location or just slowly exploring areas. This can be really tedious if the person or people you are with don't enjoy photography nearly as much as you do. Trust me, I've had this happen and it means all sorts of bad things for the trip. Your photography will suffer because you feel rushed, or the people are bothering you to keep moving on, or the people with you can get anxious and bored, thus becoming irritable, which could make you irritable, which makes the trip no fun for anyone. So think carefully about who you want in that vehicle with you, and make sure they're going to be okay with having cameras out a lot of the time, pulling out into almost every pullout and spending lots of time exploring small areas. So you're going to want to make sure they are okay with the photographic side of this road trip. But who you have in that car with you can also change some of the other things that you can do. So this also matters for things like the accessibility of locations. Something like I can hike into places that my wife can't. Accommodations. You may not necessarily want to share a small tent with three other people. And the vehicle you take. If it's just you, maybe you go in a small fuel-friendly car. If it's the whole family the minivan might be necessary. So think carefully about who you want to be out there with you because it affects so many aspects of this road trip. You could just go on your own as well, and that's a totally fine option, but that also presents its own set of challenges. And really, if you have a photography buddy or your spouse doesn't mind you taking your camera out all the time, then road trips are just so much more fun with another person. You can also split up the driving, which means you can spend your time watching the roadside for tiny photo spots you would miss if you were the one behind the wheel. All right, on to step number three, research. If you've listened to other episodes of this podcast, then you knew this was coming. I love my research. I love pre-scouting, knowing areas, spots to shoot from, distances between locations, timing, whatever. I just love research. I love going down a good research rabbit hole. To start researching, I typically go onto Google Maps and start scrolling around looking for interesting locations, towns I've never heard of, landmarks, really anything that looks interesting that matches my reason for going on the trip. So it could be national parks or scenic ocean views, historic towns, wildlife, just whatever matches the goal I set for myself. And I mostly start by deciding on an end point for the road trip and then looking at locations between that end point and my starting point. And then you just scroll around on Google Maps looking for things that looks really cool. And if anything really piques my interest, I'll spend a bit more time searching the internet for more information about the area to see if it is somewhere I'd like to go. If it looks really interesting, I'll save the location and start building a map using Google Maps My Maps feature. To find this feature in Google Maps on a desktop, use the hamburger menu in the top left corner of the main Google Maps page. Click on My Places and then click on Maps. You will have to be logged into a Google account to see your maps. The great thing about using this is you can save places to it so you can find them again easily, you can create routes between locations, and you can split up the trip into sections. So each day can have its own section on the map, or mornings and afternoons, whatever you want to do, however your brain works, you can split your trip up. 
This is such a great way to save everything you want to do and have a route planned out in advance that you can easily reference and change if need be. My wife and I have done this exact thing for a massive trip that will take us through most of the western United States, as well as another that will take us on a circumnavigation of Canada starting in Calgary to Vancouver, up the coast, through the territories, around Hudson's Bay, to the east coast, and then down to the Canada-US border to head back towards Calgary. We have photographic locations saved, we have campgrounds saved, we have cities we want to visit saved, we have the routes through the mountains made that we want to have happen. We have everything on these Google Maps for us so that we know where we're going and what we're going to be up to. And it's just so much easier to reference back to than trying to do it on paper maps or trying to do it across sites or anything like that. Creating one map in one location like my maps is such a helpful thing to do for research. For these trips, this research has also given me ideas of how long we need to stay in each location to be able to get to everything we want to see and do, days where we'll be driving really long distances, and even when we need to start booking campsites, especially in places like Yosemite and Zion that are just insanely busy. This kind of advanced planning helps to solve many problems that can just appear while you're on the road and can leave you free to just think about your photography rather than where you are going to stay, where do you want to go, and all the other things that can clutter up your creative brain. You don't have to preoccupy yourself with anything besides finding the best photos that you can. So start your research with Google Maps. From there, once you have ideas of locations that look interesting, start hitting up photographers from those areas and looking for where they go. Find locations in their Instagram feeds and on their websites. This will help give you an idea of what you can create there too, and possibly add more locations to your map. You can also search up tourist information about each site and see what they have to say about where to go and when to go. This can be great for understanding the weather in an area as well as any local trends and just some big things that you probably shouldn't miss out on because it's a good idea to get photos of those popular spots as well as those hidden gems. Now, the tourist sites won't typically help you find those hidden gems though, and that's where my last research tip comes in. Hit up local photography, hiking, exploration groups in whatever area you're going to on Facebook to find those true hidden gems. These groups are great for discovering what locals love. And you can sometimes find someone to meet up and shoot with, although especially right now, do so following all local regulations and make sure everybody is comfortable and all that kind of good stuff. Keep yourselves safe. One of the last things you should do in your research is to keep track of when the sun rises and sets in each of the locations you want to be at for sunrise and sunset. This will change depending on where you are, so find the GPS coordinates of the location you will be shooting from and find an accurate readout of these times. That way, you will know exactly when you need to be there. And don't forget to give yourself a buffer on either side of sunrise and sunset. So ensure that you can shoot the magic hour and ensure that you can shoot the blue hour as well. I tend to find blue hour creates some of the most amazing photos, but too many people pack up their cameras as soon as the color stops hitting the sky. So stick around for blue hour and give yourself that time. That typically will mean you are going to be in a location for an hour to two hours. But it will give you the most opportunities to create the best images. So schedule that in there as well. Now, research is where I tend to spend the bulk of my time when preparing for a road trip. There is just so much to think about when planning out locations and the timing of shots. But it is so worth the work when you're towing on a photographic road trip. Now, once you have your research done and you know who is going with you, talk to them, lock in some days, and finish building out your map on Google Maps. Once your route is set, you can move on to the preparation phase of planning. Step number four is accommodation. 
This is pretty straightforward, but once I know where I want to be and when, I start looking for places to stay. Accommodation can be one of the most stressful things during a trip, especially if you plan on camping throughout most of it, or if you plan on going to locations that have huge festivals or are really, really busy during that time. Think like Hogmanay in Edinburgh. You need to make sure you book your accommodations in advance because they will massively book up. In popular tourist destinations or in popular places like Banff National Park, reservations are a must. You run the risk of not finding a campsite or needing to move on after one night, and if you want to stay in one place for a couple of nights to really make the most of where you are, that makes this difficult and super stressful. That's why accommodations are always my next step after finalizing the route, because it can change the route we are going on if I can't find somewhere to stay or we find an amazing place and we want to stay there for a couple of nights. So we need to make sure it's all booked in advance. It'll also take a lot of stress off of me and allows me to open up my brain to more fun, creative things than worrying about, oh, where are we going to stay tonight? Something to think about as you are booking accommodation is how you will keep your gear going. And this can be especially hard if you are tenting or camping the whole way along. Hotels and hostels are great because you can just plug in your batteries and your laptop and keep everything charged. But in campgrounds, this can be a bit more difficult. Lots of sites and campgrounds in general don't have power. So be aware of that as you book out your accommodations. Think about your charging needs. Can you charge your gear in the car? Do the campgrounds have a store, something else where you can hang out and plug in a battery for a bit? Or do you need to make sure you stay in a campground with power every three or four nights to recharge your kit? As you plan out these accommodations, ensure you have a way to keep your camera juiced. Now, step number five is your gear. It's your kit. Now it's time to start thinking about what you are going to take with you. Since you're in your car, it can be tempting to just bring everything. But that isn't always possible. You'll need lots of other things as well, like clothing and possibly camping supplies, depending on your staying. And it can actually dull your creativity as you start hunting for other lenses and changing gear in and out rather than just using what you have and looking at the world around you. So start thinking about what you need to get the deliverables you have promised yourself. And don't limit yourself based on the gear you currently have. You can always rent camera equipment. Think about the best pieces of gear for the shots you want. If you own it, that's great. If you need to rent it, hunt down a local rental space or use an online one. Just don't forget to factor in shipping times. And make sure they will have your gear for when and how long you will need it. This doesn't tend to be too much of a problem if you're just booking for a weekend or a couple of days, but if you're planning on going on a road trip that's two or three weeks, that can become a little bit harder for rental spaces, so make sure you are booking that out in advance. Now, on to step number six, finalize the details. In this last step before actually packing up and hitting the road, you'll want to finalize any details about the trip. Start with checking the local weather conditions right now and what the weather should be like usually at this time of year. This will save you the embarrassment of showing up wearing your down clothing when it's 30 degrees Celsius out. And make sure you pack clothes that are appropriate for all the activities you are doing, which includes hiking, which can be really warm, and standing still at a tripod, which can be really, really cold, to everything in between. And make sure you have the clothing for everywhere you go because the weather can change pretty drastically. I have met so many tourists in the Rockies who come to Alberta in May when the weather is okay and can be fairly warm, only to hike a mountain in shorts and be frozen at the top because they didn't account for the weather change in the Rockies and that weather change as you go up higher. 
So make sure you understand the weather of each location you're going to and for any explorations you are doing. There's nothing worse than having to stop in at a clothing store and pay a premium for a piece of gear that you have at home already that you could have just tucked into your bag. This is also the time to be looking at major construction projects that may inhibit your route. Things like bridges being closed or parking lots being inaccessible. You don't want to drive for hours to get somewhere only to find out you can't get into the area for whatever reason. This will be a huge downer on your trip. As I say this, you should also subscribe or follow any local authorities that will warn you of sudden closures due to accidents or animals. Here, we frequently have hiking areas closed or limited due to grizzly bear activity. So check for wherever you are going to be able to find that information. Finally, print all your permits and maps. Don't just rely on mobile connections for this as there are many sections of road where we have no cell coverage. Make sure you know where you are going and have any necessary permits with you in physical form so that you don't run into any problems whatsoever. This is hugely helpful in campgrounds where they don't have any cell coverage and you're expecting to be able to pull your permit up on your phone and they expect you to be able to hang it from your car or put it on the post at the front of the campsite. Make sure that you have any permits that you need with you and printed. While you're finishing up your packing, don't forget the tunes. What is a good road trip without good music or an awesome audiobook, right? So get something downloaded for your car and enough of it so that you're not going to have to start repeating on it over the road trip. And that's it. Six really simple steps to create the most epic photography-based road trip. Road trips are such a great option right now and a great way to see the world just outside your doorstep. So step out into the world and go and see some stuff near you. It'll be so much fun, trust me. And don't forget to promise yourself some deliverables and stay committed to it. That will make this road trip even more awesome. Now, if you're heading off on a road trip soon or you have your own tips for road trip planning that you think should have been included in here, let me know on Instagram. I'd love to talk with you. You can follow me at Travel Adventure Photo School for this podcast specifically, or you can follow along with my photography journeys at Robert Massey Photography. Let's chat about your epic road trips. I love chatting, so get a hold of me. Thanks so much for tuning in today and for continuing to grow your photographic knowledge. Good on you. Keep it up. Now get out there and adventure. Bye for now.